Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. The second round of the 87th Masters will continue tomorrow after a, a brief delay here, 8 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. You can catch that. We will get into all the happenings of the Masters so far. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. But first, Joe Fortenbaugh is going to do what he does best. Let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Lifetime record of the show, 69 and 62, plus 15.8 units. This hour will all be about UFC 287. We got three plays for you. We gave out one earlier. It's the Warriors minus nine over the Kings. UFC 287, play number one from Miami, Florida. Rob Font plus 155 over Adrian Yanez. This is a huge step up in class for Yanez, who is 6-0 in the UFC, but hasn't fought anybody. That changes tomorrow night against Rob Font, who may be on a two-fight losing streak, but he lost to Marlon Vera and Jose Aldo. He has fought elite competition at almost every turn. He took out Cody Garbrandt two years ago. The thing here you want to keep an eye on is that Font is a much better wrestler, so he has the advantage on the ground. Yanez is going to want to stand and trade. That's his thing. But Font has stood in there with elite strikers before and had success. So, pizza money number two, UFC 287 play number one, Rob Font, plus 155 over Adrian Yanez. So the 87th Masters uh, going on in Augusta. The weather has not been cooperating in Augusta. It seems like it will not be cooperating over the weekend as well. It's possible that we end up, because of that, getting a Masters Monday because they had to pick up the second round tomorrow. They have a lot of golf to try to pack in tomorrow now, so it will kick off at 8 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. If there's more weather delays, which seems possible when you pull up the weather here, then we might end up with our first Masters Monday since 1983. But there's multiple storylines coming out of the play that's happened on the course so far. Brooks Kepka's dominance is one of them. Brooks Kepka, who has been injured in 2021, gruesome injury where he shattered his kneecap. He's coming back from that. He missed the cut in the Masters after that. Well, now he is at the top of the leaderboard and done dominating fashion and when he is at the top of the leaderboard in dominating fashion he ends up winning I mean that's really the long and the short of it he's previously held this kind of league in five majors he has won four of those majors seems like bad news right now for the field and maybe bad news for golf by the way particularly the PGA because Brooks Kepa is a live golfer. And I'm guessing there's a lot of people involved in the world of golf that would prefer not to see a live golfer win the Masters and get a lifetime invite to that event. I mean, Brooks, he's through two rounds, 36 holes. He's got one bogey. That's it. He is playing extraordinary golf. It's not like he's scrambling all over the place. Bogey's here, birdie's there. He's even at the turn. No, he's got one bogey, 11 birdies, and an eagle which he had earlier today, played extremely clean today. Three birdies, one eagle, boom, 67. 
And now he's sitting there with plenty of time to think about what comes next. 12 under. He's not going to play for a while because play was suspended today. So they're going to start tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern. There's a 98% chance of rain at that time, which means we're probably going to see even worse conditions tomorrow, pushing back the golf even further. So if Brooks is getting out, he's getting out later in the day. He's going to have plenty of time to sit and think about this. And meanwhile, one of the best in the world, John Rahm, is right behind him. Nine under, so he's three back of Brooks, but he's got nine holes to play in his second round. And when he gets out there, if the rain has stopped, that course is going to be soft. For some guys, that could be a huge advantage when you're talking about fast greens. So if we end up getting Brooks and Rom in the same group heading into round three, we're going to be in for a show because we got a hell of a top ten right now. Colin Morikawa, who's won majors, is there. Sam Bennett, who's eight under and third, he's an amateur. He's up there. Victor Hovland, Jason Day, Jordan Spieth, Phil Mickelson's tied for 10th. This is a heck of a leaderboard. So this is going to be a very compelling weekend of golf. Tiger Woods as well, tied for 50th right now with a few holes to play when he gets back out there. Remember, when it's the Masters, the cut is the 50th plus ties. 50 plus ties. So he's right on it right now. Yeah, Brooks Kepka fired a five under 67 in today's second round. That moved him up to that 12 under there that Joe just mentioned. Michael Eaves, he is a Sports Center anchor for us. He also is an ESPN golf commentator. He was on Greeny earlier and talked about Brooks Kepka. He won four times on the major circuit. He was one of those guys that was the name that if you saw at the top of the leaderboard in the major, you would probably be the most concerned with because he had been the most consistent over that period of time of either winning or at least contending. The look he had yesterday was much different than the last time I was talking to him here at the Masters, even the PGA for that matter. When he is confident in his ability, that just takes him to a different level. Like He looks at these golf tournaments, these four tournaments, the majors, way differently than he does the other ones. It's not as if when he goes out there he's not trying to win, but he is just determined to win the majors and he definitely wants his first green jacket for sure and yeah he's a different golfer now he won last week and that gave him a lot of confidence in terms of how his game was coming into shape coming in here clearly that's just rolling right into the first two rounds Kepka has won two u.s opens and two pga championships so the masters is on the list of things to do joe i would like to see him win this even though I don't have a future on him, I do have a future on Rom. So financially, I would like to see that. Or Jason Day, please creep back into it. But if he wins, I'd like to see him then say, I quit live. I'd like to see him quit live. Golf is so much better with him. He was one of the up-and-coming personalities. Everyone liked him. He had this rivalry with Bryson DeChambeau. He's a winner. He does exactly what a, a lot of young guys would envision themselves doing if they were on the PGA Tour, right? You'd be in great shape. You'd look good. You'd make a ton of money. You'd fly private. You'd date hot supermodels, you would just live the dream. And, like, that's what he's out there doing. He's a great personality to watch. He's a fun guy in general. He's a great media personality. Everything about it is just, it's interesting to watch him. And then he disappeared to live, and you can't even find them on TV anymore. At least he was open and honest about it. That's what yeah. I liked about Kepka. He came out and said he was doing it for the money. He wasn't trying to hide behind some altruistic or moral or charitable cause. He knew what he was doing. He's going to take the money. He wasn't trying to run from it. Well, in this week, he said that he probably would have had a much harder time making that decision had he been healthy. And that one of the reasons that he yeah. made that decision was probably because of his health. He was asked about it. The 32-year-old, he reportedly received a guaranteed signing bonus of more than $100 million when he signed with Liv. Remember, this is, again, a golfer who shattered his kneecap and missed the Masters cut the next time he played in this tournament. He was asked, would, did the health factor into you signing with Liv? He said, honestly, 
honestly, yeah, probably, if I'm being completely honest, I think it would have been a much difficult, more difficult decision, but I'm happy with the decision I made. It makes sense when you're talking about a guaranteed signing bonus. The problem is there is a huge financial penalty reportedly in these players' contracts. They can't quit live. I mean, that's kind of what it boils down to because you, you said Kepka is one of those guys that you would hope would quit live. And it seems like that ain't going to happen for these golfers. Even if they do regret it, we're probably not going to hear about it. And we aren't seeing these events. We probably all didn't just watch the Orlando Live Golf event that he won right before this Masters. That probably would have told us Brooks Kepka is playing the best golf right now of his career, that he is fully back, that he is fully healthy, that he's poised to win this thing. But none of us were tuned into that, so we didn't realize where Brooks was at in terms of back to his old self. No, no one's watching. And that's the thing that stings because those guys, they a lot of them, probably most, if not all, were already extremely wealthy before they joined. And then they went over to live and they got these massive paydays, which I don't fault you for taking that money. That's not what I'm upset with. But when you get there, you got soft. That was the thing. They got soft. None of those tournaments they play in are prestigious. So no, no, well, how do you distinguish one from the other? Like we very clearly distinguish the U.S. Open from, and I'm not going to bash a tournament that you can see every year, but like the Masters is different. The Players is different. The Open Championship is different. You know, you don't have that on live. All of them are just whatever. You show up. It's probably the first time you've been at that course on this tour. You're not playing for anything special outside of money. I don't think the guys are competing at the highest level. I mean, you look at their records and how some of them have played. Mickelson's been dreadful over there. Now the minute he's got the competition back in his blood, he's top 10 mm-hmm. at the Masters. That's what you want. That's the problem with the NBA right now. Like, we can't get competition because so many guys want to sit out. We understand you want to take the money and live. We understand when it comes to basketball that you need the load management nights. But fans, consumers, those people want to see competition. That's what it's about. They want to see the competition. Yeah, 52-year-old Phil Mickelson sitting right now in the top 10 on the leaderboard. That's also a huge story coming out of this Masters. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. Mickelson, of course, another live golfer. Because live golfers haven't received world ranking points for their finishes in that circuit's tournaments the past two seasons, Brooks Kepka has fallen to 118th in the official world golf rankings. So he's not anywhere near that top 50 ranking that you have to be to get invited into the Masters. He's almost on the expiration of five years since the last time that he won a major. He will be in a couple more years. So if he doesn't win here at the Masters over the next two years or another major, it seems like we wouldn't see Brooks Kepka play in the Masters anytime soon. So a lot at stake for those live golfers competing in this Masters. Also, I would imagine a lot at stake at golf because it would be interesting to see a live golfer wearing that green jacket. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, the NBA playoffs are right around the corner. We're going to get into the NBA playoff picture. Is it taking shape? The season ends on Sunday. ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. 
Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Joe and Amber, the podcast. The NBA playoff picture is starting to take shape. Starting to. Still a mess in the West, frankly. We've only got two teams locked in in the West, but we will get into dissecting some of this playoff picture as we round out the season here in the NBA this weekend. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Before we get into the NBA playoffs, though, Joe's got some more advice headed your way. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, so our UFC 287 card is starting to round out. We already gave you Rob Font, plus 155 over Adrian Yanez. Pizza money number two in this specific department is the co-main event, Gamebred. Jorge Masvidal taking on Gilbert Burns over two and a half rounds is plus 110. Plus 110 to go over two and a half rounds. Masvidal fighting in front of his hometown Miami crowd. Place is going to be rocking for him. He's got an iron chin. Yes, Usman put him down. That's the only time he's been down in his UFC career by way of knockout. Burns does not want to stand and trade with Masvidal. That is not how you win, especially when you have an advantage on the ground. He's a good grappler. He's a good wrestler. I expect him to grapple. I expect him to wrestle. The last time we saw Masvidal out there was against Colby Covington. He lost that fight. Covington's a wrestler by nature, kept taking him down to the ground and grinding the fight out. But when you watch those fights, you notice so much time runs off the clock as they're grappling on the ground like that. So I see that happening here as well. So pizza money number two for UFC 287, pizza money number three overall for the evening. Gilbert Burns, Jorge Masvidal, over two and a half rounds plus 110. So the NBA playoff picture is shaping up here, Joe. This regular season for the NBA ends on Sunday. So we're only talking a couple, maybe a few games left for any of these given teams. The East, the picture is much clearer than the West. In the East, we've got several teams locked in. The Bucks, they are the one seed. The Boston Celtics, the two seed. The Sixers, three. Cavs, four. Knicks, five. 
We also know the Chicago Bulls are going to end up the season 10th. Everything else gets a little confusing in the East. You have Brooklyn or Miami at the sixth seed. You could have Miami or Brooklyn at the seventh seed as well. Atlanta, Atlanta or Toronto at, at the eighth or the ninth seed. So we have an idea who the play-in teams are going to be. We don't exactly know how things in the East are going to shape out, but much clearer than the West. What do you make of the East and how it's worked out so far? Very intrigued by the playoff picture because in the East, it feels like it's much clearer, as you said, not only in terms of how it's going to set up, but in terms of how it's going to play out. It feels like a three-horse race. So if anybody is able to take a run at Milwaukee's number one, Boston number two, or Philly minus three, that would be a bit of a surprise. I think the best first-round matchup is obviously going to be the 4-5, which is Cleveland and the Knicks. Those two teams have been great. Cleveland has been way better than anyone gives them credit for this season. They have a plus 5.6 point differential, which is behind only Boston in the Eastern Conference and behind nobody in the Western Conference. Number two in the NBA. They're 20 and 21 on the road, so the eh, right around 500. A lot of teams struggling on the road this year, but 31 and 9 at home, and they're diverse. So in terms of what they can do offensively and defensively. The Knicks have been playing really good basketball down the stretch here. They've won five in a row. So to see Cleveland and the Knicks in the opening round, that has seven games written all over it. That's what I'm excited about. I think that that matchup right there will cover the first round, and then we're going to move into the second round where you're going to get Boston against Philadelphia, and then the winner likely goes on to play Milwaukee. The hierarchy is set. You know, maybe your Miami Heat want to decide mm. to make some noise. They just seem so inconsistent, and they've been so lousy on the road this year. I mean, can we believe in them? They are not. I will not sit here uh, and, and beat my chest over the Miami Heat this particular season. Normally, okay. I'm all about that. This season, not so much. However, I will say, if I'm Philadelphia, I don't want to see them. I don't want them to end up getting that sixth seed and me seeing them in the first round. That's a story that the 76ers are familiar with. And you saw how they played them the other night. Now, given again, the 76ers were playing like a team that did have the third seed locked up and they did, but Embiid was still playing in that game. He was still out there and they got worked by the Miami heat. They've gotten bounced from the postseason before by the Miami heat. I think I'd feel better about playing Brooklyn if I was the 76ers in that spot But any of these teams, of course, could get on any given night, right? But with these series, Milwaukee seems like they're going to end up with Atlanta or Toronto. I mean, that wouldn't scare me if I was Milwaukee. Boston is going to end up with either Miami or Brooklyn. And if I'm Boston... I pro- well, no, Boston's, Boston's going to saying- end up – Boston will end up with the other play-in. So right now, right. Boston so would be either get, Miami or Brooklyn, right? Assuming Miami is the seventh seed and they mm-hmm. say they beat Atlanta and they take them out, then Miami is the seven, they would end up playing Boston. And then you would have right. Atlanta moving down to play the winner of the Toronto-Chicago matchup. And if Atlanta wins that, then Atlanta would get Milwaukee. So, like, the two favorites – Right Right. now, you would say Miami and Atlanta. You would end up having Milwaukee versus Atlanta, Boston versus Miami. Boston-Miami could be very feisty. Very feisty. Very feisty. And if I'm the Boston Celtics, I'm not saying I'm scared of Miami. I mean, I'm not... So as biased as Nobody I am wants for Miami, Miami Heat, rounds. I'm not saying that. The Celtics are better than the Heat this season. However... There's a lot of emotion there in that series. And I don't think you want emotion in the first round 
of the playoff. Like you don't want to find yourself in that situation where you're you don't want to win team. 55 games, grab the two seed and then have to deal with the Miami heat in the right. opening round. Like the whole point of grabbing a high seed and winning a lot of games is you can open with a five game matchup, right? Maybe it's a gentleman sweep. You end up taking on Atlanta. You, you, mm-hmm. you go up two Oh at home. You lose one on the road. Then you come back and close it out in five. That's what you want. Nobody wants a team like Miami in the first round because you know they got that dog in them. So it's going to end up being a problem. Even the games you win are going to be a problem. They do have that dog in them, and Jimmy Butler is playing actually low-key the best basketball of his entire career. And honestly, my Miami Heat should be a little bit ashamed that they haven't built a better team around him at this point because they are wasting the best version of Jimmy Butler. I digress. Let's go to the Western Conference real quick here. The Denver Nuggets have locked in the one. The Phoenix Suns have locked in the four. Everything else is up for grabs. Like, it's either going to be Memphis or Sacramento at two and three, respectively. And then five through ten is just a total cluster. I think Sacramento's punting on tonight. They've got their seven top players listed as questionable for a matchup against the Warriors who have to win this game if they want to avoid the play-in because the Lakers are right behind them. So Sacramento, nine-point dog, probably loses to the Warriors. They're already two back of the Grizz. It'll go Denver, Memphis, Sacramento. You'll have Phoenix at four. So those will be your top four. And then you could be looking at an opening round matchup. Think about this, of the Suns and the Clippers. Mm -hmm. Like, hey oh, Kevin Durant and the Suns, good luck. Your opening round matchup, one of those two is going to get bounced in the opening round. As of now, maybe the Clippers find a way to move around a little bit, but that's what it's locked into. It might be a wild first round of the NBA playoffs. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, things get wild. This is ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joe and Amber, the podcast. On Sunday, the Dallas, Ma- I mean, on Wednesday, rather, the Dallas Mavericks won a really important game against the Kings. That was when they were trying to win basketball games. Doesn't seem that long ago, Wednesday, Joe. And here we are on Friday, and it appears the Dallas Mavericks have given up. <laughs> it just took 48 hours for everything to change in Dallas. Before we get to that, though, Joe's going to do what he does best. Let's get to it. 
Pizza Money Alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, so we gave you Rob Font plus 155 over Adrian Yanez. We gave you Burns Masvidal over two and a half rounds. Now it's time for the main event. Final pizza money of the night. Actually, you know what? I got a bonus pizza money I'm doing in the next segment. Okay. I just got a text. I want to share it with the people. That's in the next segment. That's maybe 10, That's 15 minutes on the road. All right, here we go. Main event, UFC 287. We're going to play Israel Adesanya minus 135 over Alex Pereira. Now, Pereira's 3-0 against Adesanya dating back to their kickboxing days when he was 2-0 against him. He just beat him in UFC back in November. But look at the price back in November. Adesanya was minus 230. Now he's only minus 135. I see value. People would say that's crazy. He lost that fight. He did. But going into the fifth round, he was up three rounds to one on all three judges' scorecards, and he was winning the fifth round before he got stopped. Yes, he got stopped. But I think there's a sense of desperation here. You're 0-3 against this guy. You got to let it all hang out. You got two passes to victory, counter-striking, and on the ground. I'm going to go ahead and back Izzy Adesanya, minus 135 over Alex Pereira. I thought we would be up there, but we obviously aren't. I don't have a single negative syllable to utter about Kyrie Irving. He is not the problem in Dallas. Total disaster. Luka is the one that has a huge question mark hovering over him. So on Wednesday, the Dallas Mavericks looked like they were going to make a postseason and that they were going to bother to try to make a postseason. Today, it looks like, well, not so much. Like that plan has, in fact, changed. They have a must-win game against the Chicago Bulls tonight. They have to win that game in order to stay in a play-in scenario. How are they going to try to win that game? Well, they're going to try to do it without Kyrie Irving and without four of their most important role players and by only playing Luka for the fourth quarter. I mean, by for the first quarter. Fourth quarter would make a lot more sense. For the first quarter, Joe, because that's how you win basketball games. Yeah, just sit everyone, see what happens. So this is a bizarre scenario because I think we have some Jason Kidd audio on this where he addressed the media tonight about this situation. And it sounds like, and and we'll interpret it, we'll play, you know, Monday morning armchair quarterback. But it sounds like there was a thought process organizationally that they were going to push and try to get in. And then today, all of a sudden, that shifted and the higher powers passed the word down that said, nah, man, we're not going for it anymore. Shut it down. This season's over. Now, the Dallas Mavericks would have needed some help here. It's not a given. It's not like they win tonight and they would definitely be in. But if they win tonight and then again on Sunday in their final game against the Spurs and the Oklahoma City Thunder lose on Sunday to the Grizz, then Dallas would be in a play-in. However, Dallas is also tied with the Bulls for the 10th best lottery odds, and they owe the Knicks a top 10 protected pick as the final payment for the Kristaps Porzingis trade. It looks like they're more interested, though, in that NBA draft story than they are, frankly, in making that play-in scenario. So Jason Kidd, he is the Mavericks head coach, and he was asked about the team sitting everyone tonight. Things change, um, you know, and so um, understanding uh, as an organization, they, you know, they made this decision, but we still have to be professionals, um, go out there and put our best foot forward who, who can play. 
And Harry, I should have done this with you off air, but give me, if you can, also the kid sound. I'll give you some time to pull it up. But the kid sound where he talks about Luca not playing the rest of the season, because I think Jason Kidd slipped also when he was talking to the media today, where he said Luca's not playing after the first quarter tonight. And I think he said, you know, he's not playing again for the rest of the season. And it's like, oh, oh, I let the cat out of the bag there. But yeah, he's probably not playing again for the rest of the season, because if you're not playing tonight, then you're not going to bother to try to win on Sunday either. It's very obvious at that point that you've given up on the season and that you have no intention of making a postseason show? No, not at all. I mean, I, you got to wonder what what's the mindset here? What's the reason? Is it just as simple as, look, we're not going to go anywhere in the playoffs. We don't want to risk injury to anyone. Let's just shut this thing down and reboot. Because on one hand, and we bring this up in the NFL playoffs all the time, if you get to that play-in or you end up advancing to the regular playoffs – those home playoff games are worth a lot of money. Like, there's a lot of money in that. The concessions, the parking, the tickets, everything that goes into that. If you can grind out a few more games, that's worth a lot of money to everybody involved. Your radio partners, your TV partners. The more games you have, the more commercials and ads you can run. So the idea of just completely shutting it down can't be as illogical as it just doesn't look good. Let's pack it in. It's almost got to be like, look, let's stay out of this so we can get ourselves into the lottery. Let's Mm -hmm. hope that in the lottery, maybe we get a favorable position. And then from there, let's maybe wheel and deal and try to trade and try to figure something out because everyone's going after Victor Wembanyama, the number one overall pick. I mean, that, that thing is as surefire as can be. I don't know if the Mavs could find their way up to one via trade if that's what they're looking for, but there's got to be something in this draft class that they're interested in to have shut this down by doing such a reverse pivot this late. I mean, to make that investment in Kyrie and everybody and then just mail it in at the end when you're still mathematically alive, just admitting defeat, it's bizarre. It is bizarre. Now, mathematically alive in terms of the lottery as well, although, you know, 10th best lottery odds. It's not like you have insane lottery odds or anything like that. Nevertheless, it appears that the Mavericks are going after that. They need more help from Luka. I guess they're deciding that, hey, maybe we could try to do it in the draft. I would imagine the players want to play because I would imagine the players want to find themselves in a postseason. Typically, the coaches want to coach This decision feels like something coming from above them. Jason Kidd, he is the Mavericks head coach. He was asked what the players' reactions were to being benched. I think uh, just understanding we were fighting for our lives um, and understanding this is the situation we're in, but the organization has made a decision uh, to to change. And so, um, you know, we we have to uh, go by that. And that's, you know, just something that uh, happens. Um, and so the guys that are playing, we got to go out there and put our best foot forward. And we talked about that this, uh, this afternoon. And the guys that are playing are going to go out to try to play to win. Um, you know, you got to be pros. You can't cheat the game. And so understanding um, those guys that are playing are, are out there to win. Um, and then we'll go from there. So he made it very clear there. The guys on the court are out there to win, which I believe, and that is why you don't play the best players because you're trying to give yourself a situation where even the players can play to try to win because you know the players are going to want to win, but also you are unlikely to win because your best guys aren't out there. And also Jason Kidd saying that that was an organizational change makes it pretty clear where that was coming from. An owner, by the way, in Mark Cuban, that was fined in 2018 over well over half a million dollars because he said that the Dallas Mavericks were tanking. (laughs) Oh, man. 
what happens ain't gonna, in this? He ain't going to say am- it again. Amazing the stuff that happens in this sport to just punt on the season like this. Obviously, that like we said, there has to be a reason. The guys on the court, though, you're right. You can't convince them to lay down. You can set a bad lineup and you can call bad plays, but you cannot convince these guys to lay down, roll over, and die because they're putting that tape out there. They're thinking about their jobs. They might look around and say, I was all in for the team, but clearly the team's quitting. Now I'm all in for me. I'm not going to look like a fool. I'm going to get my shots up. I'm going to try to put some good tape out there. I'm going to try to further my career. So good on those guys who are going to try to put it on tonight and do the best they can with what they've got given the situation. But, I mean, so often you want the 30 for 30 on some of these situations, and I would love to be able to go behind the scenes and listen to the conversations that happened in Dallas from a few days ago when they were going out trying to beat teams like the Kings, as you've mentioned, to tonight where they're still mathematically in it, and they're just like, eh, shut everybody down. Luca plays a quarter. We're finished with this thing. Just It's, it's rare you see this. Very rare. If they end up with the Imagine this pick, happening in the NFL, like Amber. Is, but... Like, what would we be saying if a team did this in the NFL? Like, say you're, well, they do, you're currently to a lesser the extent. I mean, they do, though. They do it in the NFL to a lesser extent, right? Where, I mean, it's not, it's not as if we don't think teams are tanking in the NFL. But also, no, the not, coaches and I'm the players don't want to tank. Like, just, just ask Lovey Smith. I'm talking about a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. Week 17, or week 18, I should say, they had a long shot to get in. They needed right. to win, and they needed other things to happen. How often do you see that where the team just goes out and punts? They don't even bother trying. Now, they might play for a half, look up at the scoreboard, see that one of the things they need to have happen is is not going their way. The team's down 28 nothing, So they might pull the starters to prevent health. But rarely, if ever, do you see a team that has a shot to get in and, and you're not watching some other game, you're not scoreboard watching, you absolutely just quit on the game and say, we don't even want to play for this thing. Because it doesn't affect your draft position like that, right? They don't have the lottery, yes. and that makes a huge difference there with the NFL. But, like, if you barely miss the postseason, you're not going to get – you have no shot at getting the number one pick in the NFL. So it's a different scenario here in the NBA. It's probably not going to work for the Dallas Mavericks either, but there is a shot. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly – $700 on average. Call or click today and find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. It is bizarre when you consider Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. Like those two names alone, you would feel like could maybe make it to a Western Conference Finals. And you're right? just giving up on track. Like I know it hasn't been playing out like that in real time, but I mean, think about the names there. It's like, hey, if you could find a way to put Mike Trout and Shohei Otani on the same team, could you God, imagine good, how good right? they'd be? Oh, and it's like, oh, God. yeah, they Did are on the same team. you see them in the World that Baseball Classics? Yeah. <laughs> no it's unbelievable. Coming up next. We'll take your calls to wrap things up. The phone lines are open here on Joe and Amber. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Join the conversation. This is your chance. Coming up next, we play a little caller roulette. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Phone lines are open here on Joe and Amber. We love when you join the conversation. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Any of the topics we discussed on tonight's show, your hottest takes, whatever you want to bring our way, hit us with it. Joe, though, promised us a bonus pizza money in real time last segment. If you missed anything, by the way, here on Joe and Amber, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. So here we go. Pizza money number five headed your way. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. 
All right, so this is on ESPN tomorrow night, boxing from Newark, New Jersey. Shakur Stevenson, if you're not familiar with him, he's one of the best in the world, pound for pound. He is going to be a household name in the next few years. He is taking on Shirichiro Yoshino. Now, I don't know much about Yoshino. I know that he is a pretty tough out, but here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Play Stevenson to win this fight by stoppage, which means KO, TKO, or DQ. It's plus 220. All right, Stevenson's more of a defensive fighter. He's very smart. He's very fast. He's very slick. He doesn't get hit much. He takes it the distance. He wins a unanimous decision. I got a hunch, a feeling maybe he wants to flash some power, and he wins this thing in the later round. So we're just passing along a little tip for Saturday night on ESPN, Shakur Stevenson to win by stoppage at plus 220. Triple eight, say ESPN. That's the number. Let's play a little caller roulette. 13 black odd, no winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play Call a Roulette with Joe and Amber. Let's spin the wheel. Mike, Mike is in Manhattan. Mike, thanks for the call tonight. What do you have? What's up, you guys? I want to talk about Jalen Brunson. I want to just gloat about the Mavs debacle being the Knicks gain. To me, Jalen Brunson has been the best offseason signing and arguably top five players in the MVP, even though he doesn't get mentioned for some reason. You see what he's done with the Knicks, how clutch he's been. He's been the best fourth quarter player in the league all year, the way, the way he's helped the Knicks close out games. And to think that Cuban and, and crew didn't think he would be valuable enough to get a max deal, I just I couldn't believe it. Because if you look back at the Mavs team last year, when they make it to the Western Conference Final, it wasn't Luka. It was Jalen Brunson, who was the clutch player down the stretch. And for me, for Cuban, who was a brilliant guy, to not see that and to let him walk, I mean, it's great. Hey, for Knicks fans, this a buzz around this team, and I want to thank Dallas for Baca. If I'm them, I don't bring back Kyrie. I don't think him and Luka fit. Let him walk, rebuild around Luka, and that's the best way to go. But thank you again, once again, to, to Cuban for giving us uh, Jalen Brunson. He's been a godsend and been an MVP. Thanks, guys. Certainly, it has worked out well for the New York Knicks. I mean, the Knicks zeroed in on him. They said, you're our guy. We believe that you could even be a number one in this league. And, hey, credit to the New York Knicks. Credit to Leon Rose. Credit to the way that things are running over there. Leon Rose, by the way, Jalen Brunson's godfather, don't forget. There's certainly all the family ties there, including Jalen Brunson's father, who Mark Cuban blamed for Jalen Brunson ending up on the Knicks the reality is Mark Cuban and the Mavs could have handed Brunson an extension multiple times. They failed to do so, so they end up leaving him in free agency, and the New York Knicks were in a position to recognize what Jalen Brunson was. Credit to the Bad Knicks. Bad year for the they Mavericks. They did something right, that organization. The Knicks did, man. They're good. Bad year for the Mavericks. A lot of bad decisions. It's steamrolling on them. they got to find a way to cut it off and reboot at some point. As for the Knicks, I'm a Philadelphia fan, which means I'm supposed to hate the Knicks, and I do, but I will admit – the playoffs and the NBA are always better when the Knicks are around. The Knicks being relevant, the Knicks being able to make a run, it's great for the sport. And I appreciate it as someone who does not like the franchise. It is better when the Knicks are in the playoffs. It is better when the Knicks are relevant. Brunson is averaging 24 points and 6.2 assists per game for the New York Knicks. Jeez. That is production that the Dallas Mavericks could really, really use. And instead, they found themselves scrambling 
and getting Kyrie Irving to try to fill the void and trading away Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie in the process. And the Mavericks have ended up in a position where now it appears they're tanking for the postseason. So there's that. Let's go ahead and spin the wheel. John. John is in Phoenix. Hey, John. Thanks for the call. Go ahead. Hey, yeah, I just wanted to touch up about what you you guys are saying. I can't believe that basketball has come to this where we rest players in the playoffs or the games right before the playoffs. Like, look at what the Suns are doing tonight. Like, Devin Booker, what, Chris Paul's out, um, Durant. Like, the Lakers are going to be playing backyard basketball out there, I swear. Um, and the Mavericks, too. Like, you, yeah, you can think for the number one lottery spot of a chance, but why not give your guys a chance to go to deep in the playoffs? Isn't that why you traded for Kyrie and then have a guy like Luka in the first place, which you did give away Spencer Dinwiddie for, for Kyrie? I mean, I think it's ridiculous. I generally think it's ridiculous, the load management and and all the rest. Like, it's too much. It's harming the product. The Phoenix Suns, I get it. They're locked into that four seed in the Western Conference. If I'm Phoenix, I'm also not playing my guys because I'm not risking injury. So if you're locked into your seeding position, I don't have a problem with it because you're you're not playing for anything down the stretch. So why on earth would you risk your superstars? But, like, a Dallas Mavericks? I mean, they're obviously only doing this because they're tanking because otherwise there would be no reason to do this this is do or die you have to win this game against chicago those who earn it play well develop a great seating because of a lot of wins and then get to a spot where there's not a lot to win but plenty to lose due to injury you guys want to shut it down that's fine you earned it you earned it that's a smart move rest up celebrate a little bit have some fun for the teams who suck who just continue to suck and intentionally suck and then do more in order to try to suck even more get out of here Like, it's about competition. We'd like to see some competition. And the thing is, you take off all season long, and then you get to the end, and it's like, well, you know, we're not really in anymore. Let's shut everyone down. What are are we supposed to do? Thanks for coming out. Like, we want to watch people compete. It's one of the reasons baseball struggles now. There's so Mm -hmm. many games, and there's so many just days where teams just take off because, oh, well, it's a 162-game season. Like, that's why... Title fights are important. That's why football is so popular because there's a sense of importance with every single game. The thing is also with the NBA is it's a superstars-driven league. And when you don't get the superstars night in and night out, and you don't get the matchups between the superstars that everybody's waiting for, like when Joel Embiid was supposed to go up against Nikola Jokic and then you didn't get it because Embiid decided to rest. That's what's so infuriating in that sport. Uh, One more to go here. Let's head to Blues. Blues is in Wisconsin. Blues, you have about 30 seconds. Hey, guys. Uh, Sorry, I'm at work. Love the show. Amber, you're not on the bench today. Uh, the future of the NFC North. So, um, assuming everything stays tentatively as planned, why are the Bears taking the NFC North this year? <laughs> not this year. Not yet. That's a great call. Not just yet. All right, it's going to take a couple more years. you got to build up the O-line and D-line. Those trenches need help. But the Bears are heading in the right direction for sure. I, I like the confidence, especially considering it's a team that was ripped all the way down to the studs except for that quarterback position. Listen, I'd actually feel good about the direction of the way that they're building things and also because I do think that they have a quarterback there in Chicago. I think all of that uh, fodder in the months before we're at now was just to confuse people uh, about that that number one draft pick before you trade it out of it get the most you could this has been the joe and amber podcast you can listen to joe and amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m eastern plus you can listen on the espn app sirius xm channel 80 or on your smart speaker
Joe and Amber, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.